do you ever get distracted? I mean, some of you are distracted right now. What? Huh? I, you know, I think we all get distracted uh, from time to time, depending on the situation, whether at work or at home or at church. Um, you know, and, and maybe you're at work or, you, you know, you're working hard on something, and then someone comes in your office. And then it's just shot. Maybe they, they, maybe they bring into you a problem and you got to go deal with that problem. Or, or maybe they're just coming in to chit-chat and by the time they're gone, you're like, what was I working on again? Um, I, think, I think we all get distracted uh, from time to time. Of course, now there's a big push against uh, distracted uh, driving. You know, mainly our law enforcement have been uh, trying to inform all of us of the danger of texting while driving. All it takes is a simple Google search. Uh, texting while driving, and you can see countless videos, horrific videos, of car crashes that occurred because someone was texting while driving. I also have a friend, a buddy of mine, um, who reminds me of the dog from the movie Up. Y'all ever seen that movie? Uh, if you don't, the dog has a, a collar on it that his owner made uh, that helps him talk. And uh, this dog is pretty funny, and you know. Um, He'll be talking to you, and every time he sees a squirrel, no matter what he's talking about or what he's doing, he turns, squirrel. Like he'd be in the middle of a conversation, squirrel. That's my buddy. Uh, I think he's got, he's got ADD or ADHD. I apologize for not knowing which one, but he's got one of those. And he could be talking to you one moment, and then suddenly squirrel. Literally, he's done that while driving down the road. Like, cow. Wow, there's a cow over there. Um, He's off on something else. I mean, he can either he either leaves the conversation entirely, like walks away from you, or he switches subjects on you uh, like nothing. And, and to be honest, it's, it's annoying. I mean, I, I get that, that sometimes he can't help it, um, but maybe um, he didn't take his medicine. I don't know. But you know what? It is it is hard for us to not get distracted. Another way of putting that: it's easy for us to get distracted. There's so many distractions in the world we live in. There's so many things vying for our attention, especially like visually, uh, TV, internet, or mobile devices. We have, uh, you know, we've got extracurricular activities for ourselves or for our kids that take up our time. Some of our jobs demand a great deal from us, our time and energy. It is really no wonder that spiritually we get distracted easily. We can quickly lose sight of where our relationship with God is because we have been so distracted by all the things that life throws at us. It's easy to get our eyes off the ball. And really, that's what's happening in our passage from Acts. So far in our readings from Acts, we've seen God do some amazing things. Jesus uh, ascended into heaven, into the clouds, after his resurrection from the dead. God sent his Holy Spirit at Pentecost in what was described as uh, flaming tongues of fire. Some of the disciples have healed people. We, we looked at the story of the, the, the man who was lame from birth, who was healed, suddenly could walk. The disciples have, have started selling their property and their stuff and have been giving the money to the, the, the 12, and they've been distributing um, that money to the poor and, and those in need. The, the Scripture says no one was lacking anything. God's broken the disciples out of jail without breaking a lock or tearing down a wall. 
There have been some amazing things happen. But at the beginning of Acts 6, we see our first glimmer of church conflict. We, we don't know anything about that. The Scripture says there was, some, there was some complaining going on. Actually, the word complaining there is the same word for murmuring that's used when the Israelites were murmuring to Moses, you know, we, we want to go back to, uh, to Egypt. We had it better, better there. That same murmurings happening, the same complaining. In fact, this is what the Scripture says, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained, murmured, against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. Now, you got to remember this time that the Jews here, I mean, these are Christ followers. They, but yet, at this point, they still consider themselves as Jews. So we're not there yet. But here's what's going on. Over the years, the Jews had been spread all over the world, the known world. When they were forced into exile many years prior, the Jews scattered. And if you remember from Pentecost in Acts 2, the reason the Holy Spirit gave the apostles different languages to speak is because they were Jews from all over who had gathered in Jerusalem for the Jewish festival of Pentecost. And so God needed to uh, speak to them in their own language because they had scattered, they were living in different countries, uh, knew different languages, yet still maintained the Jewish faith. And so in our passage, you've got the Hellenistic Jews, otherwise Greek Jews. Let's call them the, the Greek Jews. And then you have the Hebraic Jews, mostly those from Jerusalem. And you have the Greek Jews who are complaining to the 12 apostles that their widows are being overlooked in the distribution of food. Remember, these followers, they're selling their lands, they're selling their property, they're giving the money to the apostles, and the money is being used to take care of those in need amongst the believers, including widows. Widows usually didn't have a means of income, a way of taking care of themselves, so they relied on the help of others to, to, to make it. So we have here the, the first instance of the church, the early church, being distracted. They're losing focus for just a moment, and they start to complain. And it really isn't a surprise. Our scripture starts out by saying this. If you remember, it says, In those days when the number of disciples was increasing. The church is growing. People were coming to the faith. They were choosing to follow Jesus. And you can be sure that where there is growth, there's grumbling. Where there is growth, there's grumbling. Growth means there's change happening. And we all know that people don't like change. We don't like change except the only constant in life is change. Go figure. Things will always change. Doesn't mean we don't, well, doesn't mean we have to like it. Now I know you guys would never grumble. I wouldn't mind some grumbling. If grumbling means that there might be some growth behind that grumbling, I'll take some grumbling. I doesn't mean I'll listen to it, but I'll take some grumbling. Of course, if there's nothing being said, no grumbling, you know, just nothing, no feathers are ruffled, also means the church may be dying, may be stagnant. So I'll deal with a little bit of grumbling if it means we're growing and we're moving forward. I'll take the growing pains. 
And that's exactly what's happening in our passage. The early church is experiencing some growing pains. And from how the disciples handled this problem, we learn a few things about ministry. The first thing is this. God calls all people in ministry, into ministry. God calls all people to ministry. You kind of get a sense that the expectation of the early believers was that, was that the apostles were supposed to do everything. They were supposed to preach, teach, pray, distribute the food. And at some point, and at some point in, in growth and the numbers, it's just not feasible for one person or a small group of people to, to do that, all, all of it. They just can't. The apostles couldn't manage it all. And because the growth, the people started to complain. So the disciples come up with this plan. They tell the church, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to, the, to them. The 12 couldn't do it all. We can't do it all. I can't do it all. Thanks, Bronnie. I appreciate a little, you know. Thank you. I did. I'll get you a dollar later. It takes all of us. It takes the whole body of believers to get the work that God has called us to do done. I may have pastor in the title of my job, but if you follow Jesus, we have all been given the title of minister, of servant, the responsibility of being ministers. We are called to service, and it takes all of us working together to get the job done. We're all ministers. Some of us are ministers of the word. Some of us are ministers of the table. Some of us are in the ministry of social work or, or education or finances. Some of us are in the ministry of the home. We all are ministers called into service of God. Your occupation, whatever you are, you have been, you, you are, your occupation is a mission field. Some of you encounter countless people all day because of what you do, and that is an opportunity for you to minister and to serve God through what you do. We all have a home. That's a place to serve God. Our church is a place to serve. We are all ministers of the gospel. That's what the 12 realized, and then they went and equipped and empowered the rest of the believers to become those ministers. And that leads to the other principle of ministry. The second thing is God calls people to different ministry. God calls people to different ministry. You know, when you read that, that, that verse that I read earlier when the disciples are telling them to pick out seven men, you know, it kind of sounds like the disciples are diminishing the ministry of distributing the food. It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the Word of God in order to wait on tables. Oh, okay, fine then. Sounds kind of harsh. But they are just realizing what we should all know. God calls people to different ministry. We could also say God calls different people to different ministry. One person can't do it all. There's so much need, so many areas of ministry, it takes a village to get it all done. And one area is not more important than the other. 
Distributing the food to those in need was just as important, is just as important as preaching the word. It just needed to be done by different people. And I love the solution of the 12. I love it. They invite the people to choose seven uh, men among them. Uh, At the time, ministry was mostly done by men. Choose seven uh, men who who were uh, filled with the Holy Spirit to help in distributing the, yeah, giving out the food. Each name, and and look at the list, each name of those men is a Greek name. Who are the ones complaining? The Greek Jews, right? They were the ones who saw the problem. They were the ones who pointed it out. They are the ones who should be responsible for fixing it. I love it. You know, often people, uh, this this is great, often people say in the church, you know, we really should be doing this over here. We need to be reaching out to this group or, or that group. We really need to get this ministry organized. This is something we should be doing. Pastor, this needs to be done or, or, or that needs to be done. And you, here's what I'm going to say to you. I, well, if it's a good idea. I, if, you know, if I, I agree. I agree. And I think you should do it. Because most of the time when, when, you, when, we, you, I'm not, when someone comes up and says that, they want somebody else to do it. It ought to be done, but I'm not. I don't have the time. If God has stirred in your heart a need in the church or a need in the community enough for you to come and bring it to the leadership of the church, then most likely he's also given you the passion to go and do it. Typically, God doesn't lay something on your heart, a ministry on your heart, just so you can tell everyone about it and tell them to go do it. The 12 realized this. The Greek Jews were the ones bringing up the problem. The Greek widows were the ones being overlooked. Well, guess who should be responsible for the distribution of the food to everyone? The Greek Jews. God calls people to different ministry, and when God calls you, he expects you to do it. Here's the last thing I want you to hear. Don't get distracted from your calling. Don't get distracted from your calling. Remember, we're all called. We're all called into ministry. Wherever we are, some of us are are called differently, but we're all called. Remember, I started out talking about getting distracted. And this was the first moment in the early church where there was a little bit of distraction happening. And it it could have become a bigger distraction, but they didn't let it happen. The twelve knew that their calling was to the preaching of the word and to praying. It had taken them this far, and if they stay focused, it was going to take them even further. So they equipped and they empowered other people to deal with this potential distraction and this necessary ministry, and they went and continued their ministry. And because they did this, the gospel spread. Listen to the last verse in our passage. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, 
and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. I mean, that's awesome. Because the 12, they didn't get distracted, they didn't forget their calling, the word of God spread, their numbers increased, and even Jewish priests came to the faith. I know it is so easy to get distracted. There is so much vying for our time and our energy and our attention. I know it's easy for me to get distracted um, from my calling as your pastor. I know it can be even more difficult for you. So here's what I want you to do. Always keep yourself open to God's call on your life. God is giving you opportunities all the time to serve him and to minister to the people around you. Stay alert. Stay alert. And stay alert to the needs in the church. There are places for you to serve all over this church if you're willing. So keep yourself open to God's call on your life. Another thing you can do is let me know the calling God has placed on your life. You may have a burning uh, desire in your heart for some ministry, some area of service. Come tell me about it. I promise that I will do everything in my power to equip and empower you to go and do ministry. God has given us an awesome, sometimes scary, but an amazing responsibility to be his ministers, to serve him on this earth. And there are plenty of distractions. There are plenty of moments where we can go, squirrel. But God is calling us to stay focused on the task before us. He is calling all of us into all kinds of areas of ministry and service so that the gospel will be spread that more and more people will come to know that Jesus Christ, his son, is the Messiah, Savior of us all. Amen. Heavenly Father, God, it is so easy to get distracted. Some of us are distracted right now. As soon as we leave this place, there will be distractions. It's going to happen. But as we learn from our scripture this morning, help us to move past those distractions. Help us to not be as distracted as much. Help us to be willing to answer the call you placed on our life. to be ministers wherever you have placed us so that the gospel will spread and more and more people will know about Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.